Hey everyone, we're back at it again, but before we get started, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the listen. Thank you for embracing this journey into potting. Yeah, I made that up. I made that word up. Thank you for potting with me. We're going to continue to bring you some guests that will make you laugh, cry, show any kind of emotion that that's inside of you. The podcast is for you to learn, to grow, to grasp, and hopefully that journey will take you to a place where you're super successful. And if you're not, at least it'll be a cool listen. So I appreciate you. Stay tuned for many, many, many more episodes. Welcome back and welcome to my guest. He spent 16 years in the NBA including having his number retired by the Denver Nuggets and was the first NBA player to score 2,000 points in eight straight seasons. And he was a top NBA scorer in the 1980s. Welcome, South Carolina native, whose number 22 has been retired by the Gamecocks and is now on the board of trustees, Mr. Alex English. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Good Alex. Thanks for joining NetLife. We uh, we have a number of topics that we wanna that we wanna discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, you're from South Carolina, played at South Carolina, and now continue to live in South Carolina. What makes this state so special? Well, that it's home for me. You know, I grew up maybe five blocks from here. On, on Barnwell and Gervais, and my elementary school was right across the street from your office here, so it's very special in that sense, it's, it's home. And after traveling all over the place with the NBA and different places, you know, it's a calm place to come back and you know you dig your toes in the sand and regroup, reroute, uh, that's the place for me. That's awesome. and. Uh it's actually been the place for me for the last 14 years. and Thank God. We're right, glad to right. have you. <laughs> I don't really see myself um, ever leaving. I'll go yes. visit some other places, yeah. but um, certainly my foundation is is here now. And uh, all of my family members have uh, relocated down here. We got one more brother and one more niece that needs to make their way down here. Um, but what was it like playing for uh, USC and being a South Carolina native? Well, what you, the time that I came, it was I was the second African American on the team. Casey Manning was the first, and South Carolina back then was not a you know a great place for people of color to live, but it got better. And I always felt that uh, if we're going to get better, you know how important athletics is, and especially in this city, we would have to bring more uh, African Americans to this campus. So I made the, the choice to stay here because of that, because you know they weren't able to recruit a lot of the African-American, good African-American players that played here in the city. So I figured I would be the first. And after me came Nate Davis and Goalie Augustus, people you probably don't know, but they were great African-American players that played here in the city. And after that, you know, it was like a, not a landslide, but people start seeing this as a place I can go and play basketball. That's uh, that, that's super cool. I don't, I don't know if people really um, 
know the history. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do not. I do know Judge. Um, he does a lot of the uh, the men's basketball games and uh, um, the first two. Yes. Um, so we're we're sitting here. Um, the the start of history here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, being a coach here in South Carolina, I, I got a chance to recruit um, our very own natives here in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, we pay homage to you because you got you got things started, and you, you. it wasn't popular back then, but it's certainly more popular now um, because of its start and it start with you. Well, you got you got to look at Judge was the one. I mean, he made it feel, and that's Casey Manning. Mm-hmm. He made it me more comfortable. We we were roommates that first year, but he made it more comfortable for me to get here and took care of me. So, you know, I've got to play homage to him because he was actually the first. Okay, Judge. Okay, Judge. Yeah. So can you tell me what was your, your favorite moment? Not not necessarily basketball because we, we know of your, your history of basketball. Like, mm-hmm. could you give us something that uh, that still to this day when you get together with your teammates – it's always uh, something that you 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 remember, um, and you all get a good laugh. Oh, no, I couldn't share that. One. <laughs> but uh, as far as uh, NBA basketball, it was uh, the, the when we got the opportunity to feed people in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the exact year, but we were able to raise money. The NBA player, NBA All Stars, contributed their All Star share, and the NBA contributed money to make it, you know, something worthwhile and we were able to feed however many number of people. But uh, as far as being in South Carolina, I think one of the most important events for me was when my mother was here when I became the leading scorer, the all-time leading scorer, and I was able to give her the basketball. So for me, that was like really special because she'd always told me, "You better, boy, you better go get a job. (laughs) You can't go play basketball. You got to get a job and help out. And uh, to be able to do that for her was just awesome for me. That's 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 truly awesome when we're able to, you know, share that that special moment. And I'm I'm sure you you treated her well with uh, your your NBA earnings. And if if uh, the NBA players could do that now, we could probably feed. Uh, we could solve hum- yeah, hunger, right. you know, you're throughout right. the world with how much money they make yeah. uh, nowadays. Um, but your daughter Jay Lee, I, I know Jay <laughs> um, super well. Obviously, she's mm-hmm. near and dear to me because she takes care of uh, mm-hmm. one of our, you know, one of our superstars and then Asia Wilson. Um, she she ran track, right? She ran track here. She she got a scholarship, ran track here. People don't know that about her, but she I used to love, love just going to see her run. She ran the 100 meter hurdles and she ran so beautiful. I mean, I would I would be working in New York and I would find a way to get home to see my daughter run the hurdles because she was just. And she was, she won. It wasn't like she was just a, a hurdler. She had records over at her old school. So, so you're telling me you're, you're the originator of being the, you know, the ultimate girl dad. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I, 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 I take pride in it. Yeah. So, do you think, do you think, uh, you're, you're the reason why she chose to come to South Carolina because of, uh, she wanted to follow in your footsteps. I think she, she. She, uh, she was. Well, she wanted to come to South Carolina. It was home, and a lot of her friends were here. And uh, Coach Fry, who you know no, is a track coach, recruited her, and she liked Coach Fry a lot. So he was one of the big reasons she felt comfortable coming here, and she was home. So 
So I think that was her reason. Well, I hope uh, every uh, I'm, I'm gonna throw my recruiting pitch in here. I hope every every South Carolina native that could could put that ball in the hole or can make could be a great teammate will will choose uh, to come to South Carolina because well, because of that. Yeah, well, I know there's <laughs> one on the horizon. I know well, you gotta get her. One down, two. One down, one to go. One yeah. down, one to go. Okay. <laughs> Actually, there's a few of them out there that uh, we would love to be a part of. Uh, our program because mm -hmm. we like to keep them home and if yes. we can provide yes. everything they can get from any other program hey why not and as a and as a, Colum a native south carolinian i think it's the best opportunity because even if you don't get to play professional basketball you get to start your your life here you people you're exposed and who knows what business opportunity might be there for you when when, when we we have been the the leading um uh, we lead the nation in attendance over the yes. past few years, and mm -hmm. if if uh, if we average twelve thousand fans, that's twelve thousand opportunities that's right. the, to be seen. Not mm -hmm. just for your you know your basketball prowess, but um, just for you for who you are as a person, because mm -hmm. it is a direct relation to uh, um, who you are as a player and who mm -hmm. you are as a person. You can see it, like you can see who's a great teammate. You can see personalities out there, and uh, and just the business community. I, I can attest to that because, you know, once I finished playing, I I started a Wendy's franchise, and you know, people were like, "Wow, he's an athlete that's in business." You know, they think all athletes are just supposed to be basketball, <laughs> right. football, baseball players, but you know, your career only lasts uh, as a player up to you thirty six, maybe forty if you're Kobe or mm -hmm. LeBron, but you're still a young person. So you've got to form those relationships, and you start early. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you were you were a second round pick, mm -hmm. drafted in 1976. You went on to score more points than any other NBA player in the 1980s. Mm -hmm. uh, played 15 seasons in the in the league. What was the biggest shock to you when you made the jump from college uh, to the pros? Ooh, well, when I left here, I was six eight. 185 pounds. So, I mean, I'd always been told that, you know, it's physical in the NBA. In fact, one of my teammates who played here with me had gone and played for the Pacers, and he said, oh, Alex, he's not going to be able to make it because these guys are rough. So all that summer, I, I, you know, back then we didn't lift weights, but I worked. I worked out. I worked hard. And one thing I knew how to do well was take a beat. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, you can get beat up on the court. So I took a beating well and uh, just said, okay, how can I get away from the beating? So I started being being active on the floor, moving, not letting them get, get the elbows on me, get the bodies on me. So I did a lot of that. Yeah. So so uh, the, the court was your boxing ring? You would, you would yeah, just kind of yeah. move around the rink and ring and uh, – yeah, if they if they uh, can't catch you, they can't hit you. That's right. right? And, and then playing in Doug Moe's offense was even better because, you know, his his offense was, you know, there was just rules, but you could go anywhere on the court. You knew the rules, and and I'd be running all over the place. <laughs> Doug Moe, didn't, didn't he coach for the Sixers? Did he coach for the Sixers? Uh, he might have. He might have been assistant with Billy Cunningham for a minute, okay. but he coached okay. at the Carolina Panthers and the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, well, well, you played in the NBA, mm -hmm. uh, you coached in the NBA, mm -hmm. you worked for the NBA. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest difference between 
the on-the-court play today and when you entered the league? And what's the big, biggest change you've seen in the off-the-court business? On the court, I think the biggest thing has been a three-point shot. Because, you know, when I came in, I was uh, I was NBA. And, and they had the three-point shot in the ABA, but that they got rid of that. And it took a while for them to bring it back. So it was more about mid-range, post-ups, and, you know, the guys were bigger. And, you know, they were more creative in the mid-range game between that three-point line and the court and the basket. So I had to learn how to play within that area. Uh, and then now what's happened is the three-point shot is such a big shot. It makes such a big difference in the game. And I, I didn't get a chance to, to, you know, expound on that part of my game, but it would have been great if I had been young enough to do that because <laughs> I like the three-point shot. But I also like the mid-range because I think in the mid-range you get to be more creative. You know, you look at Julius Irving, mm -hmm. you look at George Gervin, Bernard King, and the mid-range, those guys, it was like a beauty. You know, it was a dance, and, you know, those are some of the most iconic moments that you see in the mid-range. So you, you would have scored more points. Yeah. You would score the most, but you would have scored more points because you, 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 you adapted to... You, you, you know, have you, to as a player. As a player, you got to yeah. continue to adapt to just what, what, what's happening out there. Um, um, so if, if you played today, mm -hmm. you played today, um, what, what style of play and what team? Huh. Well, if you notice now, remember when I played, it was fast-paced, then it slowed down when Detroit Pistons yep. started mm -hmm. winning. Now it's picked up again. So I could probably play for you know, a lot of different teams. I, I like the, the Warriors. Uh, I think they play the most the, the style that 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 I'm I remember the most. But I see a lot of teams getting there. Mm -hmm. Utah, you know, people are pushing the ball up the floor and it's movement, ball movement, and and the players' movement. I like that. So I think that uh, that part of the game I, I could play for the Warriors, uh, almost any team now. It, nobody, I, I hated the Detroit Pistons, <laughs> you know, because they talk defense, defense, and. <laughs> Dennis Rodman used to hound me to death, so. <laughs> That's cool. So just outside of basketball, you, you're you a successful businessman. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the biggest lessons that you learned in sports, um, which has, which helped you in, in, in business? And, and if you could talk a little bit about um, your daughter, Jade Lee, mm -hmm. um, working as a, as a basketball agent, including her work with uh, A.J. Wilson. Mm -hmm. Well, I think follow through and I think that's what Jade has learned the most is that when you're a professional, you have to be able to follow through. You know, people people appreciate that they can depend on you. And, uh, you know, as a basketball player, as you know, you, you have your teammates feeling the same way. You know, they know that you're going to come in and give them, you're going to run the show or you're going to give them, you know, points. Uh, that's, that's commitment and that's follow through. And I think Jade Lee has learn that well uh, and I, I notice how she handles her players and she's you know she gets on me <laughs> so that's pretty cool so so who do you think are the, the biggest athletes that have uh, uh, capitalized on their ability to, to play and and also mm -hmm. add that that other uh, side of being uh, um, utilizing your your platform and your mm -hmm. voice and your 
to, to grow their business? Who, who benefits the most? I think uh, there's been a lot of players that have been successful, but one, one guy that played with me when I played in Milwaukee and I first got there, his name is Junior Bridgman. And Junior Bridgman has parlayed his success on the court to off-court success. And he's Wendy's franchisee, he owns uh, Coca-Cola bottling, he owns Chili's restaurants, he's like worth 800 million. So, and, and not that, 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 that the, the, the money is, he's also a great person. So he's, a, he's one of the players, but there's been a lot of guys. I know Al Harrington recently uh, has done well. Uh, Jamal Mashburn, another guy that's done well. What's uh, his business in? I don't know what his business uh -huh. is, but he is, he's done well. Uh, I know what I understand. Yeah, I like Al's business. Right, right. <laughs> in fact, we do that, some of that do as you? well. We're, we're hemp growers here in mm -hmm. Columbia. Uh, we can't do what he does because it's right. you know he's got <laughs> THC. But uh, there's been a lot of players, and one thing I like, and you 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 talked about it from the top about players being able to go out and help people. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of NBA players, believe it or not, they have their own foundations, like yourself. They go out and they do things for other people, and that gives them a platform that's just huge. When you when you take care of other people, that's great and. Uh, people remember that when you retired, and they 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 always say, "Hey, you know, I'm, I I like what you've done, and I appreciate it." I'm I'm gonna ask you this question: Like, if 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 you were in college, like mm -hmm. right, now, right now, and that that nil, NIL. name, image, and likeness, mm -hmm. um, what would be your approach to that? Being from South Carolina, you stayed home. Mm -hmm. How would you like your younger self? And I'm trying to give some of the younger some of the younger athletes that are in college now um, a perspective on on what they should be doing and capitalizing on their their name image and likeness knowing what you know now because yes. successful businessmen yes. all of that well it it depends on who the player is most players they have to have a you know a status in the game you know before they give them any type of consideration I would say, you know, find a person that can represent you and tell you and go out and do the work for you because you don't have time. You're a basketball player. Uh, I like the NIL. I, when I played and probably when you played, we got $15 a month for laundry. And the university made a lot of money off. I mean, we back then we had games that were sold out, so they made a lot of money. But the player never got the you know that extra that excess that I think I think is great now and uh, I think every opportunity they get if it's a quality opportunity business opportunity they should take advantage of it they should look at things that go along with basketball like uh, athletic uh, restaurants uh, those type things I, I think it's a great thing I, I wish they had had it when I played. Yeah, don't don't we all? Yeah, <laughs> don't we all? I like to kind of move the um, uh, the conversation more towards uh, um, you being a, on the board of trustees. Mm -hmm. um, can you can you just kind of give us what exactly a board of trustees does for a university, mm -hmm. and then we'll go and kind of specifically your you know. Okay. Well, you know the board of trustees. Uh, is I guess like the godfather of the university. They oversee, they they uh, 
a vote on policy, a vote on uh, uh, infrastructure, uh, just different things that the university may need, uh, will need, and they make sure that the university is going in the right direction, following the right policies, making the right decisions, which aren't always, you know, the case. But, uh, you know, my, my role is to you know, thoughtfully and studiously study what we're doing, what we, what we are looking to do, and, you know, help guide it and then vote on it and make sure that it's sound policy for the university. You know, cause, you know what we want to do with this university is, I mean, we're already tops in a lot of things. You know, honors college, number one international business school, but we and the number one place where kids want to come to school. So we want to be the top in everything if we can. And it takes the board of trustees being the overseers, making sure that we are following, uh, you know, the the rules and laws of the the trustees and and putting in good policy for the university to advance. And you can see that here in, in, in at South Carolina. We're doing a lot of good things and I think we're gonna be even better. So how, how did how did you get involved? How why, why did you get involved? Well, I was on the board of trustees 30 years ago, believe it or oh, not. Wow. When uh, Governor Hodges was the, the governor, he appointed me as the, uh, as the uh, his appoint, appointee. And afterwards, uh, you know, I went through my career, da 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 da, and uh, Governor McMaster appointed me to fill uh, uh, William Hubbard's seat. And then uh, after that, I ran for the seat because Columbia is very important. The person, that the, the 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 board of trustee member that represents this district, I think it's very important because you've got the flagship university here, and. It's important that you uh, also over, not oversee, but uh, make sure that the university and the city of Columbia work well together. And I grew up in this city and, and know it, and I also went to this university and know it well as well. So, uh, and I, I, I've always, you, you've come here, you've moved here and you like the city. I love this city because I grew up in it. Even though all the hardships that I went through as a young person, as a, as a person of color. Even through all that, I still believe in the city that we can do good and uh, and we are doing good. And I, I think that's, you're the, you know, you're one of the perfect people to serve on well, the I board. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> we've got a ways to go, but we, we've we got a lot of good things in the works. Mm -hmm. So we, we're, we're in the midst of a, a, a presidential search. Mm -hmm. Um, what what goes into finding um, a new president? A lot. <laughs> you know, we, we, we first had to hire a person, a, a group that does that. They put the candidates together and bring all their credentials and everything. Uh, so, you know, people that are professional professionals at doing this. And, you know, we had a great company, uh, the William Funk Group out of Dallas, Texas, and they brought us the different uh, different. Uh, candidates we we did uh, a lot of uh, uh, research and they put the group together they, they put the the people together so we would have to go and I'm, I was on the presidential search committee so we had to you know just review all of their their information and it's a lot 
and then we just keep chiseling it down and chiseling it down until we get to you know the final few candidates and then we let the board of trustees the ov overall board vote for that 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 president and we're at that stage right now i you know i i read something and i gotta ask you because this, this has been like uh, someone publicly spoke out on it, uh, Lou Kennedy, mm -hmm. and um, her her decision to step down mm -hmm. um, for what happened in a a closed door board mm -hmm. meeting. Um, your thoughts on on how we how we how we not lose someone that has such a, a powerful uh, voice in our community and and a, and a, and a woman. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, and I can't really speak on it because it, it was uh, within our uh, presidential search uh, meeting, and everything was is very private. But it was uh, it was an unfortunate incident, and I think we're going to get through it. Uh, you know, Lou is very valued. Uh, I, I think she is uh, a much needed voice. And she was there as a much-needed voice and gave her voice and her opinion, which was very important. And I think the, her feelings and thoughts uh, kind of helped uh, move us along to where we're going to be when we name our new president. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. You know, we Lou has always been one that's yes. uh, been in and around the community and a great support, uh, a supporter of uh, our university, and I hope she continues to do that. Um, how about... How about um, how, how much influence does the board have on like uh, high-profile coaching hires? We get to we get to vote on it. We get to comment on uh, the people that are uh, being considered. But the athletic director is the one that uh, does the hiring, and we bring it to the board, and we comment, we talk about it, and uh, and. You know, we, we make a decision after, you know, when, for instance, when, when you were hired, it was, it was, you know, once they made the decision, then we had to vote on it. And uh, we voted, and it was unanimous, so it was, uh, it was a great thing. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, you know, I know that, you know, the, the inner workings of a, of a board are, you know, are somewhat mysterious. and yeah. And... I, I just wanted to bring somebody that was a, a board of trustee member mm -hmm. here just to answer some of the questions about um, what a board member does. And it, it can't be a, a, an easy job. It's not. It's not. But you've got to represent the constituents You've got to, and the stakeholders. Uh, and you've got to represent a, a, a diverse population. And that's very important, especially here at this university because uh, you know we have grown we have we have uh, done well in a lot of things but then there are areas that we have to do better in and in order to do that you have to have uh, people of, of people that are part of that community and I think uh, I represent a part of the community that was uh, that's uh, not represented enough on the University Board of Trustees, but, you know, we, we're getting there. You know, we've got women, we've got two African-Americans, and, you know, we're, we're getting there, and uh, I think that's important because uh, this university, you have to, like I said, you have to represent everybody. 
this diverse population? Well, with you on it, we, we hope it covers a lot, and uh, we, we pray for your strength. But Thank you. Really quick, I have a clip from Flame Bearers, the other cool podcast that I love to share with my listeners. Two-time Olympic gold medalist and three-time world champion on the track, Caster Semenya was barred from competing in Tokyo because of her higher than normal testosterone levels. Caster was given the choice to change her natural body with shots, surgery, or pills, and she bravely stood her ground. World champion athlete Casta Semenya says her rights as a woman are being violated. The athlete has faced scrutiny about her gender throughout her career. I have to say, it's hard to believe Casta's a woman. Identifying as a woman doesn't make you one. There's nothing feminine about her. That's not a woman. She is a he. Throughout her 10-year career, she's had to deal with questions about her gender. People calling her a man and demanding that she undergo gender testing. The worst of all, she's battling a proposal by the International Association of Athletics Federations, which requires women with high testosterone levels to take medication to lower it. Kasser, what does this feel like? Obviously, the day you, I was questioned, you know, I was questioned if I'm a woman or, or I'm a man. Obviously, that's to me is a violation. You know, for me is a disgrace. Uh, it's an insult, which is. Um, one thing for me, for sure, I can never be something I'm not. The IOC just stated that testosterone will not determine sex eligibility in future games, but for Castor, Tokyo was a missed opportunity. You can listen to Castor's full episode of Flame Bearers to learn more about her courageous struggle to compete. Before I let you go, we got we got to have a little bit of fun. Okay. A little bit of fun with this. So let's put uh, 30 seconds on the shot clock. Mm. Okay? Um, the best player you ever played against. Best player I ever played against? Defensively, Dennis Rodman. That's a good one. Offensively, Michael Jordan. But I'd say that with, yeah, I, I would say Michael Jordan. Okay. And Jesus Irving, but... Jesus, Michael took it to a different level. Okay, all right. And I know you're a Philly fan. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a favorite teammate in college? Bob Mathias. Bob Mathias. He's deceased now, but he was, he was the center here at the university. Okay. We had a good time. Favorite pro teammate? So many. T.R. Dunn. Lafayette Lever. Yes, yes. My coach great, great person. Fat Lever. Uh, I think my whole Denver Nugget team, when we when we won, uh, we were in the Western Conference Finals. All those guys were great, but T.R. Dunn, Fat Lever, Dan Ilso, they were all on that team. All right, your favorite city to play in? Ooh, <laughs> you know I'm I'm a, a a cultural person, and I, whenever I went to a city, I tried to go to different places like. Because I was from a little country boy from South Carolina. I wanted to learn about it. So mm -hmm. when he got to go to San Francisco, New York is my favorite place to play. But uh, I would go to uh, places in Philadelphia, in, uh, in New York, in San Antonio, Los Angeles. Nah, but wherever there was art, I would go. San Francisco was like the mm -hmm. biggest place. All right. One rule you'd add or take away if you had the power to do so? 
I'd make the shot clock even smaller. Really? 22 seconds. 22 20, seconds. 20, yeah. Speed the game up. Yeah, that, that, that wouldn't hurt the Warriors at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how we played. We had, our, our goal was to get it up in 10, 10 seconds. Get Ten it down for get it up. Yes. You, they, they say, uh, uh, like some analytical people, they just say that, you know, the, the ability to score in the first 10 seconds of a shot clock is uh, far greater yeah. than it is uh, any other place on the, you know, in, in the shot clock. So that's. Yeah. Well, do you know the defense is getting on the court and they're not, they got to get organized and get in their positions yes. and help position and you take advantage of them being kind of mm -hmm. hot, off kilter. Last question in our 32nd shot clock, but it actually, you know, we, we took a two and a half minute timeout, TV timeout. <laughs> <laughs> WNBA expansion. What city do you think deserves a team? I would love to see Charlotte bring a team back. You know, they deserve a team. Uh, I think just Charlotte is my would be my favorite. Sure. And maybe Orlando. Yeah. 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 So two 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 cities that have had yeah. uh, WNBA teams. Uh, let's see if we can get MJ to. Yeah. And we'll, you, we'll and you got an opportunity to coach against one of your teammates, Dennis. Dennis uh, David Thompson's niece. I did. I Charlotte. did. Charlotte. Yes. Charlotte, the winningest coach in uh, Elon history. Yeah. Um, so she's she's done well there. I'm I'm sure that, uh, and I don't want Elon to lose a great coach, but she's certainly deserving yeah. of a of, of a bigger job. So yes. you know she, you know she's worked hard for it, and she's she's been very successful. So um, kudos to Charlotte. I agree. Um, so on this podcast, I'm talking leadership, disruptors, change makers. Mm -hmm. It's hoops. It's politics. It's pop culture. Um, it's the it's the net sum of life. Yes. So before I let you go, I ask all my guests for some words of wisdom that either they received, that helps guide them, or they just want to pass along to others. Alex, what's your words of wisdom to share? Determination and belief. You know, whatever you whatever you decide to do with your life, you you've got to believe it and you and passion. You know, I, I, I tell young athletes, if you don't have passion, you can't be a good basketball player. And that that uh, goes to whatever it is you're doing. You know, you've got to have passion for it. And then after that, you've got to be determined and you've got to believe that you can do it. Words of wisdom yes. from Mr. Alex English. So thanks, Alex. Um, appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Coach. Um, do you have anything that you want to promote or plug yes okay <laughs> I, I, I want to say that uh, I am so happy that we were able to retain you and you know I'm I, if nothing happens good el nothing else happens good in my board of trustee tenure the fact that we were I was on the board when they selected you to be our coach until you decide to leave I am proud of that and uh, I feel good about that and I just can't wait to see what we do. I'm excited. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. And um, um, it was uh, certainly a, a, a monumental mm -hmm. um, opportunity for, for, for us here in South yeah. Carolina. I just, I mean, a lot of people look at it as, as me, but it's, 
it's for the greater good for our sport, for our state, for mm -hmm. our city, for for women, and um, I'm, I'm proud to represent uh, South Carolina and you know for for all of it. You know, everything isn't perfect. Um, with every with everything that you do, there there are challenges. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm drawn by them, and and certainly happy to be here, and I appreciate your good work on the board. Thank you. And thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to follow NetLife with Dawn Staley on Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. NetLife is produced by Just Women Sports. For more great sports content, go to JustWomenSports.com. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter and YouTube channel and follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And this is Dawn Staley signing off and look forward to uh, having some great conversations.